Hi everyone, this is Jessica Chen and you are listening to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Each episode is meant to teach and inspire you to find new ways to level up your speaking skills. Because here's the truth, it's possible and I'm so thrilled you're here. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the follow button and share this episode with your friends and family. Now let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Today's episode is all about learning how to own your career brand. We're going to be talking about what is a career brand? How do you own a career brand and why it is so incredibly important as you think about your career over the next few years? My guest today is Shavi Shi, and she is a product manager at LinkedIn. The reason why I invited her for this episode is because I feel she has done an incredible job owning her career brand. She has a mega popular LinkedIn live show called Product Management Learning Series. And as a result of her owning her career brand, people are reaching out to her. New opportunities are being carved out for her. So instead of her applying the traditional way, people are thinking of her as a thought leader. And that is what career brand means. So let's dive into today's episode all about learning how you can own your career your brand. Hello, Shavi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, can't wait to share more about this very important topic about building career brand. And thank you for recommending the PN Learning Series. I've heard a lot of lot of good feedback and, you know, just getting so many good uh, feedback and, and love from the community. So, and before we start, I also want to say like I'm really impressed by how global this community of audience are and you know Robin from Stockholm it's like 2 a.m there and then someone uh Anand from India it's like 5 a.m so thank you so much guys for joining us Uh, I really appreciate um your time and support it is really amazing to see a global audience. So, Shavi, for those who are not familiar with you, I know I talked about your very, very popular series on LinkedIn, but that's not just all you do. You also work at LinkedIn as well. So please share with the audience a little bit about you, your work. Have you always worked at LinkedIn? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So my name is Shavi. I am a, a product manager at LinkedIn. And just a quick brief story, and we can touch upon some of the, the details in my background. Uh, if folks are interested, I started out working in consulting. Uh, so like most folks working in digital transformation and strategy across a lot of different industries and client. Uh, about five years ago, I got tired of travel. So thinking that I want to pivot it into tech. And I was based in San Francisco at the time and still in the Bay Area. So I was like, what is the most exciting firm to join? Well, at the time and still probably till today, uh, tech companies, right? So I submit a lot of resume, went on a lot of interviews, tried product role, strategy role, hit a block. Uh, it was really hard to get into those firms. Took a while for me to to land a role uh, within LinkedIn. So I started off uh, building tools for our sales reps, like internal tools, productivity tools. So I get some opportunity working with engineers and designers and confirm my conviction for, I really love you know building products for users and solving user problems. So about two and a half years ago, I got the opportunity to transfer internally within LinkedIn. So now I work as the product manager for the LinkedIn learning team. And even just in the past two and a half years, I would say my role or scope changed from building platform product to search and discovery to help people discover relevant courses to take on LinkedIn learning. And then most recently taking on a new role to help uh, inspire people like Jessica and maybe many of you uh, to create learning content on LinkedIn and help bring that goodness and building a learning use case for LinkedIn and have more people to come to us um, to not just look for jobs, but also be inspired, learn from each other. Um, So it's been a really great journey outside of my core job, um, like Jessica you know, alluded to, I host this PN learning series. I also publish a newsletter to recap learning from that series, both of which you can find uh, directly from my LinkedIn profile. I also classify myself as a content creator. So I share daily tips on career and product management, 
almost daily, Monday through Friday, uh, one, one, uh, one post a day. Um, and then I do some coaching outside of work as well as advising educational technology company uh, on their strategy. Um, one thing I would add is that I, uh, I am a first generation college grad, uh, students in my family. So that's why I'm so passionate about learning, education, creating economic opportunities for everybody in the global workforce. So one of the reasons why I invited you up here, because what I find very inspiring and I think is really important for those who are watching and listening is, so you have a job, right? You're working at LinkedIn. I'm sure your day is crazy busy, a long list of to-dos, of things you have to check off, but you still are committed to building your thought leadership as well. So you mentioned that word thought leadership and the way you've done it is you, you have that live show every week, you have the, the newsletter. And I think this is kind of what I'm trying to get at the heart at. All of us, if we want to think about career, it's not always just, oh, what do I have to do in my everyday role? While that is incredibly important, I like how you are thinking bigger, right? So what got you thinking that, you know what, I, I do want to develop my thought leadership. Yes, I have my job, but why do I want to do extra stuff? Because I know a lot of people may be like, I don't have time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Before I even get into that question, I just like to share a little bit of backstory so that I think it will resonate with a lot of people and it will help you to understand why I have, I, why I make time to make that happen, right? So, um, you know, like many folks, like when I pivoted to product internally, it was at the start of COVID and then COVID hit. What that means is that you're starting a new job, almost like a new environment, a new team remotely, right? So a lot of times then your visibility is really capped to the team that you routinely work with. Occasionally you get that 15 minute, maybe 30 minute, if you're lucky, maybe 60 minute with a VP every say six months if you're pretty lucky, right? So I feel like, yes, I work hard, but I don't know how many people know about my work. You know, if I, I was, if I want to do something else, you know, I, I don't have the capital, the career capital to really look out for it. So both internally and externally. So I think at the time I was a little frustrated with like, I'm pivoting my career, starting over, um, and then I'm not really building the relationship I want. I don't know if the pe the right people knowing the, the work that I, I do. And LinkedIn is a great company with a lot of deep bench of talents, right? So everyone's great. How do I stand out? I think was the question that I asked myself, but do it in a way that's not obnoxious, right? That's, that's authentic, that I feel good about it. Um, and so, and as women, I think a lot of folks might relate to like, sometimes it's really hard to show both your work and like show your achievement. So I was like, what would be one way that I can, you know, try to build a brand for myself? And then at that time, actually, that's around June last year. So about a year ago, I started reading posts and following a lot of influencers, their newsletter, as well as folks on Twitter. It kind of caused a couple uh, creators that really strike me. I feel like, hey, I could do something similar like that, but why are they getting all this following, all this attention? And I learned a couple mindset that I think are really, really important, are very crucial thinking about career brand. First thing first, jobs versus career. You know, you can have one job, so particular, like right now that you're working on, right? Right now I work for LinkedIn, I'm a product manager, I have one manager I report to in this particular setting. But if I look for a new job or if I think about my career in 10, 20 years, that's something that's very different. A good analogy that I heard before is your current job is the chapter that you're writing, but the career is the book that you're writing for your life. So think about that longer term perspective, not just focusing on your current scope, your current job, and many of which could enjoy or frustrated, right? A lot of times I think we're talking through friends, everybody's complaining about how busy they are as a PM or board, as an engineer or whatnot. But think about your career, the brand, the, 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 the book you want to write for yourself, what narrative, what stories you want to tell. So I think that's the first important concept, right? Being able to separate thinking about your current job as well as your long-term career. Second thing I would say, is that um, I studied finance uh, back in, in my undergrad. Not to say that I'm very good with investment, probably not very good. But <laughs> one concept that really stuck with me is the notion of compounding, 
right? You start with very small, like your 401k every month, you put in a little bit of money, yeah. hopefully you max out, and then it, 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 it compounds over time. So it, let's say in 20, 30 years of time, that's how you fund your retirement. I think of building a brand, a personal equity brand, like almost like every post I put out is a 401, like the investment that I put in, in my personal brand equity bank, and over time it will compound. And what does that compounding lead you? The third aspect is a lot of opportunities outside of your jobs. So for example, why would Jessica even talk to me today? It's an example of being able to build a career brand, right? And I show, I, I've been on a lot of different shows over the years, getting invited to speaking engagement, both corporate as well as at industry conference. Some are paid, some are free. I also get to choose like what kind of talks I get to be on. Even for my own learning series, people always ask me, how did you get high profile guests? Like you're just starting out, right? I said, hey, once you have some influence, you know, like your brand, whether it's in terms of followers or people see the great content you put out or who you are associated with, um, then it's easier. Once you get like one or two high profile guests, it's easier to get the fourth and the 10th one and the 11th and the 100th one because you have all those names to refer to, right? I got to create my course with LinkedIn Learning. Um, and eventually, back to my original motivation, which was pretty selfish to get visibility among leadership, uh, you know, obviously, I, I get that and do it in a way that I'm comfortable, mm -hmm. that I don't feel like I'm showboating it. Um, and I mentioned about my recent role was... Uh, you know, helping more people build their brand on LinkedIn and share knowledge, that role was created just for me. I crafted that job. So that's another benefit, I think, to speak to why it's so important to build a career brand. I feel like people just listening to you right now, they're like, okay, I'm sold. I'm sold. I, I want to build a career brand. And I want to highlight a few words that you said that I think is actually quite important. Because you mentioned initially your motivation was how do I increase my visibility? How do I stand out among my, not only just my direct manager, who we know will always watch us, but even senior leaders, right? Maybe people who are two, three levels above us. How do we get them to notice us without necessarily being in people's faces? Because I imagine a lot of us don't even, that's not even our style. And so what you mentioned earlier is like, how can I do this in a way that can still show my expertise, but it can also be authentic to who I am. And I think for those who are listening right now, this is what I hope all of us can kind of just start brainstorming even a little bit. We all have our jobs, right? Whatever it is is on our LinkedIn page. I am the product manager here. I'm the VP here, right? Whatever it is your job is, it's kind of like what you mentioned earlier. How do you think bigger? Because we all have heard this saying, it's not really just doing the work. Of course, you got to do your work, but it's also making sure other people can see it. That's really the most important. So like I mentioned earlier, you have your LinkedIn, you have your newsletter. So for those who are watching right now, what can you all do in relation to your work right now that can also expand how people see you? Now, Shivi, you and I were talking about this behind the scenes. A lot of people think, okay, well, maybe I can use LinkedIn. Maybe I can post content, but I get it. We were talking about how a lot of people are afraid to post on LinkedIn because your boss may be thinking, why are you posting on LinkedIn? Are you trying to go somewhere? Are you trying to find a new job, right? So I want to ask you, Shavi, do you have any tips for folks who maybe like the idea of building their career brand? Maybe they want to do it on LinkedIn, but how do they do it without making people question their intentions? Yeah, absolutely. And I would say a lot of times I feel I, I acknowledge the privilege I had working for a company that supports creator strategy, supports employees posting. So I don't have to really have to deal with that, that fear myself. Yeah. But I did come across with a lot of people and still internally, some people feel like the fear might be different from like people judging me looking for jobs. I have so many friends that ping me and say, why are you doing this at the beginning? <laughs> you know, and then, um, but you might also feel like, man, I need to produce such a high bar, high quality content before I'm comfortable sharing because everyone else will be watching, right? I think first question, take a step back of like, is LinkedIn the right brand? Like, I'm not trying to sell you that LinkedIn is absolutely the right one. I mean, right? I do but like LinkedIn. <laughs> thank you. You could go to potentially, you know, Twitter. If mm -hmm. it's, I think, 
the question I would ask myself are first, what is your goal, right? Like what kind of brand, what kind of messaging, what kind of positioning you want to, what you want to build for yourself? Second, what kind of medium actually you're most comfortable with? Mm -hmm. If you're good with like short form video or long form video, maybe TikTok or YouTube might be better channel than, than LinkedIn, right? If you're good with like writing posts um, or articles, then LinkedIn is probably arguably a better fit, even though over time we start to get more and more visual and, you know, diversifying. And then, or, or you want to do events, like what I'm doing, like podcasts or, or you know, or stuff like that. So know your natural style. Sometimes you don't know. So you have to experiment. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think the product management lean concept comes in is like, you don't know, but you can lay out a couple hypotheses where you want to test, right? Um, and you can figure out where you want to post. Uh, where your audience is, like who you want to build the most connection with. Are they active on Twitter or are they active on LinkedIn, right? So think about those questions. Uh, so you, you don't have to start with LinkedIn and pigeonholing it. But if it, after those reflection and thought exercise, it makes sense to be on LinkedIn. Then the next step is to think about, okay, how else can I, you know, share those content? I think unless you're sharing like you know, like job searching tips 101, uh, maybe your manager will be like, what What are you doing? I also think that I, I don't know about this one, but you might be able to potentially block your manager from seeing your content. I think there's that functionality, but I would encourage you to share something that's that's knowledge, that shows your expertise with, because when you share that, your manager sees it and they yeah. feel like, and, and usually what I do is what I call is this movement of learning in the open. A lot of people ask me, how do you get so many, so much time or inspiration for what to post? I post what I read, right? So I, I post what I, I'm learning. So I'm sharing my knowledge. There's a bigger cost, a bigger force to it than like I'm trying to get recruiters pay attention to me or get my manager to pay attention to me. Yes. My, I told you my original intel was creating visibility. That's pretty selfish, pretty narrow. But when I start sharing content, how I get over it is obviously experimenting, but also just feel like I'm, I'm part of a larger force. I'm sharing what I've learned. I'm sharing my story as a career pivoter, uh, becoming a product manager, right? So I think that if you just anchor on that positive sentiment, a lot of times, even if your manager or your network initially feels a little bit like, what are you doing? But you you will never please everybody, right? right. Imagine that 20% naysayers. And to be honest, over the past 15 months that I'm sharing, I, he I never actually hear any criticism because I think if people don't like you, they're just going to be quiet and you won't know anyway, right? And then, so you're going to see a lot of times you'll have people who love your content and sometimes they reach out. A lot of times they reach out and appreciate your effort. So you feel good. You get the motivation. You get that, you know, you know that juice going. Like, um, and then you get people who are just like, don't understand what you're doing, but they don't care enough, so they stay silent. And why, if they don't care about you, why should you care, right? And then there's a few naysayers, but I never really. They are not never brave enough to really come to you. So I think as long as you overcome that self judgment of like people are gonna criticize me and judge me on my content but pushing for the bigger one. And depending on the tone that you choose, right? A lot of times you'll see if you browse my content history, you will feel like I'm sharing what I'm learning. I'm sharing knowledge. What's wrong with that? And if your manager is so like <laughs> picking on you on, on that, even after you position in such way and do it consistently, maybe it's not a great manager, to be honest. So I, I would encourage you to be smart about how you position yourself and then thinking it... Uh, how can you join forces with a larger force, you know, such that you feel like I'm contributing to knowledge sharing, you know, that I, I'm, I'm trying to play bigger so then you don't, so it pulls you the gravity away from like, oh man, people are going to judge me on what I share. And you don't have to make a promise to like, I have to post every day for a hundred days, right? Start with five days you know, see, and I, I do it daily, but you don't have to do it that frequent, right? Maybe once a week to start just to feel if you're comfortable with doing that. So those would be my tips. So many great tips that you shared. And uh, it actually runs, reminds me, I have a LinkedIn learning course that's literally titled building your visibility strategy in a remote world. So I would highly encourage those who have not seen my LinkedIn learning course 
to check that one out because I also do offer a lot of strategies on how do you build your visibility when you're not necessarily seeing your managers on a daily basis. So I offer a lot of tips there. But I think what you hit on were a few points that I want to highlight. You talked about how it's posting content to build your thought leadership, but the content that you're posting is more about sharing the process of your learning. A lot of this is very similar to how I think about posting my content as well. I try not to put too much pressure on myself that, oh, I have to post this. I have to post that. I try to post things when I feel inspired. That's when I feel most in the flow in writing. And I feel like that writing is usually a lot stronger when something happened and I'm like, oh, wow, that was actually a really good real life thing that happened. Let me actually write it and I can make it into an educational post. Those are the posts that I feel have really resonated with people the most. Now, for those who don't typically post on LinkedIn at all, I would actually even say that one small way to just start to, you know, dip your feet in is maybe just starting to share, just share content. You can share your own company's content. You know, chances are your your company has maybe a blog or, you know, or whatever it is. And if you read it and it's relevant to your industry, just sharing it, but maybe adding a line or two about your thoughts on it. It's marrying new existing content with your own thought behind it. And I think how can your manager really criticize you for something like that, right? It's you're sharing what's already kind of part of the company. So uh, looping it back to career brand, this is something that I feel is, I almost wish they taught us this in school. I did not learn this idea of thinking about career brand, but Shavit, what has happened for you when once you started investing in developing your career, not just your job, but your career, what have you seen happen to you? I know you mentioned new roles have been created for you, more visibility. I mean, has there been anything else? Yeah, sure. So let me share my creation journey a little bit. Uh, I would say I'm on like the fourth iteration of even like what kind of content or what kind of brand should I build for myself, right? So I started the first uh, two months, didn't know what I was doing. So I just share any career tips or articles that I read and mm -hmm. came across. And then I just let, like you said, right? One or two sentences about key takeaways, um, get a little bit traction, not a whole lot. But that's okay. That makes me realize I'm comfortable sharing. It's a, I see, the, see it as like creation is part of my creative outlet. So the second iteration that I did was after two months of casual sharing, I started to commit to making it a, a challenge, a 30-day challenge. I actually partner with another person, which I think is a good exercise for people to like, you know, have accountability buddies, right? And then your manager might be less questioning because you're doing it with a friend. So I joined forces with a Coursera PM. And as anyone who works in product or tech knows that PM's calendar is crazy. So we hosted this 30-day challenge where every day uh, we share what is one productivity tips about how to, you know, achieve more with less. And so not a lot of heavy content, but just like tip a tip a day. Um, and then during that 30 days, I learned a lot about how to copyright like LinkedIn posts, you know, what kind of thing, like just very technical steps, like what gets traction, how do I read, you know, reactions and things like that. And then after the 30 days, I, two company reach out to me and asked me to do corporate workshop, one offer to pay, and both were international companies. And I was like, man, at the time I had less than 4,000 followers. And I was like, I, 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 you know, I get mostly 15 likes per post. So it's not like a huge thing, but somehow company reach out. That's one up, one benefit. And then guess what? Because of that, I summarized the stats from the 30 day posting. I talked to our content manager at LinkedIn Learning as a pitch. I said, how about I turn this into a course? Wouldn't that be a great experience? And then that was the easiest pitch I ever had. Because imagine, sometimes you pitch your idea is very loose, right? People don't understand what you're trying to post. But this time, I don't have to post a vague idea. I have st stats to support me. I can tell you how many people view it, what's the impression, what's the engagement, to corporate, you know, workshop. And then, you know, here's the table of content, if you want me to be specific, that I can create for the course. 
So he gets in, like a proof right on the spot. And that's a great, great opportunity, right? Like, so that's another one. And then fast forward, the third iteration was that, yes, productivity is great, but I don't see myself being like a productivity guru like that. Like I, I wanted to be broader. So then I reflect on, well, what's most unique about me? I am a career pivoter. I spent a lot of time in 2017 to get into LinkedIn and spent a lot of time in 2019 to try to interview for product jobs. So I was like, I'm just going to share all of my story, everything, including what's the mindset, what is product management, what type of product management jobs. I also apply for jobs outside of LinkedIn. So there's a lot of reflection, a lot of learning, a lot of tips. And then so I actually ended up teed up a hundred days worth of content and all the curation resources, not even, I don't have to share original content. I, I did, but I also share a lot of like, here are top 10 articles I read. That I really like top 10 influencers in the product space that I follow. And all of that, I also, you know, met a lot of friends who were in the same journey or ahead of me or below me. And over the years they became PM and a lot of people come to me to ask for those advice, right? So I, I just source all that that inspiration and turn it into 100 days of posts. And that's what really started to gain a huge traction. I think, you know, before I, I home in this focus, I would say I gain maybe 20 to 30 followers a week. That's about it. And then after I started that focus, my follower account was just going like crazy. It was like, 500 fall. Oh, okay. The first day I announced that I'm going to share my story. Here's the 10 thing I'm going to share. Overnight, I gave 1,500 followers. 1,500. That's more than like the th previous three months combined, right? And then from there on, I think I just consistently deliver to my promise. I think I just gave somewhere between 500 to 1,000 followers every week consistently until the um, beginning of this year. And then that's when a lot of people start noticing internally and externally, asking me for talks, asking me to do workshops. Um, I started to have more and more confidence to hosting live events. So I did a test run. I did a what I call Korea Chat. It's a one-off event. Um, I, I interview a lot of our VPs and bring it public to this global community, similar to what Jessica's doing now with all of you, right? So I gain a lot of confidence, to be honest. I have one post tomorrow. It's going to be funny. Uh, sneak peek. Um, the night before or the morning before I was interviewing our VP of product, Jonathan Rochelle, I now um, reporting skip level to him. He was former co-founder of Google Sheets and Google Docs. So big deal, right? If you see his bio, you'll be like, wow, JR is such a big deal. Like, can I even talk to him, right? So the night before, I was so nervous. I practiced so many times of the question, the opening, how I'm going to interview him. The morning I woke up, my right eyelid, because I didn't sleep very well, just like had this like big swell. I was like, man, this is it. Like I could approach it as this is it and like just screw up the entire chat. Or I'm like, but I learned over the years how to overcome my imposter syndrome, how debrief, just like get myself calm down, put on super happy makeup and like just going to fake it until I make it and just like show up. And so many people later on like DM me like, that was such a great intro. Like it was such great energy. Like you're such a natural, like to do this kind of stuff. And I was like, man, you didn't know what I had to overcome. You know, nobody noticed the mm -hmm. eye difference. And I was like, perfect. This gave me so much confidence, you know, to, to do that. And then, so eventually I turned it into a regular program for PM learning series. It's a great way to network, to be honest, right? to be able to talk to so many product leaders a lot of book authors, my eventual goal, like Jessica asked me earlier, um, I, it's in, in a couple of years, I hope to be a recognized expert. I still yet to know which exact domain it could be in product. More and more so, I was more thinking, how do we apply product thinking to non-product functions and do uh, design better product, more impactful product, more impactful career, like, right? A lot of this principles that I apply for how to create content, how to build a career brand, comes from product management, right? Like iteration, understanding user needs, product market fit is content audience fit, 
right? Like there's a lot of analogy. So I think all I try to say is that um, it, it creates a lot of opportunity beyond just getting my dream job presented to me, not having to interview, have jobs find you, uh, having a lot of job security, knowing that a lot of recruiters come to me over the years, I can choose whether to stay at LinkedIn or leave. I see a path eventually I can publish one day, publish a book um, that would be in my bucket list. Uh, one day having the freedom to work for myself, choose the client I want to work with, choose people I want to help. And all in all, I think opportunity aside, I just want to emphasize that we only live once. So focus operating on your zone of genius. And for me, I realize things I really love doing is sharing knowledge in form of like public speaking or hosting events, asking smart people to share their knowledge and uh, facilitating workshops, teaching courses, writing. How can I do more of that? Do that full time. I feel like a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are listening to kind of your explanation of the trajectory of where you got to where you're at. And for a lot of people, they're just kind of thinking, okay, how do I even start? Right. And and I think you talked about the front, honestly, to me, it's a fundamental where it's, you have to kind of get over your own mental barriers of like, well, people care. Is this going to look silly? Uh, you know, you have to get over that. And what you mentioned earlier about, I mean, this is really our topic for the day, which is the career brand. Once you are establishing yourself as an expert in your field, people are now going to want to come to you. I mean, you've demonstrated that like once you build your thought leadership, people are constantly coming to you because now you're top of mind. Oh, I need a communications person. Oh, talk to Jessica. Oh, I need a product person. Oh, talk to Shavi, right? You want to be the person people turn to. So whether you are an engineer, whether you are in finance and economics or whatever field you are in, it's it's almost the surest way to guarantee job stability in some regards when you can make yourself an expert. But it's not just you knowing how to do the work. I mean, let's just assume we all know this, but it's doing the work and letting people know about it. If you can create your career brand, like I mentioned earlier, it's almost the most surefire way to have stability. The concerns about people getting laid off and, you know, you can just trust that when you have a solid reputation, nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can ever take that away from you. And I think what you mentioned is, you know, you are also thinking of this as well. You're thinking of like, yes, I have my job. I love my job at LinkedIn, but I want to try to do more. I need to build my brand. I know a lot of people, they get so, oh, when they say personal branding, oh, that's not for me. That's only for influencers. But I truly think, let's not even use the word personal brand. I'm just going to say career brand, workplace brand, you know, whatever it is you want to call it. I think it's worth thinking about how you want to craft it. By the way, we've been chatting for close to 40 minutes now, and I feel like it's just flown by. But I wanted to let everybody know, if anybody has any questions for Shavi and I in regards to what do you do or, or letting us know what's the situation you're in, tell us what industry you're in and ask us specific questions like what can you do so we can try to address it for you. Because our hope is, well, first of all, we're just very thankful that you all are here right now. Shavi and I are talking about owning your career brand, but we want to know, you know, what industry are you in? What are some of the barriers that you might be facing? Where do you start? If we can help answer that, we absolutely want to. So one of the other things I want to ask you, Shavi, is so we talked a lot about posting content as a way to build thought leadership, but let's say people don't want to post content. Let's say posting content is just not what they're interested in. How do you think people can build their career brand within their company now without necessarily posting things? Do you yeah. have any thoughts there? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would also just address one more thing to before I answer this question is when people have like a, mm, this is not for me feeling when it comes to building brand, maybe again, reframe just like how you reframe that you're joining forces, a larger force of sharing knowledge versus try to get recruiters to pay attention to you. I would say I would reframe it as what would you like to do more with your time 
what is your dream like work environment if June Drop doesn't exist? But like, how would you get closer to it? Building a brand is certainly one way to get closer to that, but there could be other other ways, right? Um, I think something that I do at LinkedIn, um, in addition to creating content, is signing up for we call it employee resource groups. So like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I support women at product, um, a community track. So we help organizing internal events, like happy hours or just circles of like four or five people um, to talk about work challenges, getting input from leadership. So that's one way. Um, so I also support, for example, uh, alumni club in the local city and area, right? Like that's another way to find affinity or if you support certain nonprofit organization, assuming that you're super passionate about say climate change or arts and education, see if you can have some way to take parts in the local community. And that's some way to, you know, get to know more people. Um, and I think just like getting sometimes occasionally getting coffee chats with people outside of your normal circle of work, your team, um, you know, you can start with once a week or once every two weeks, just doing that consistently, getting to know people. Uh, those are some other ways I, I, I think people can, you know, um, build their brand. The only reason I think content is still arguably one of the most effective way is because I would like to describe it as like a lead magnet. So you put something out there, it automatically attracts other people to come to you. Um, and a lot of times, let's say you right now you're in a job. And you actually don't want to be in that job function. You want to pivot to a different role. So I get a lot of people coming to me. I work in education. I work in publishing. How do I become a product manager? Right. And a lot of people have no way to showcase that I'm putting in all this work to learn about product management in order to become one. Content becomes the way how you showcase your effort and your expertise. So you don't necessarily, oh, I think one common myth is that people think they need to know some stuff in order to create content. But I think the reality is you can learn it and you can share it, you know, as part of your learning experience before you need to become an expert, right? Like all in all, I have like two and a half, two years and eight months of experience in product management. Yes, I did a lot of product job before that, but never really without the title. But And yeah, I got invited this year to speak at industry conferences alongside VPs and directors and product. Why? Like, am I actually better in product than a lot of those people? Maybe so, maybe not, right? Um, I think that's why I, I feel like, you know, don't need to feel like you need to be an expert in order to create something. Exactly. Uh, a lot of the way I think about when I create my content on communications is, you know, sometimes if I'm doing something communications related, for example, I'm actually doing a, a keynote speaking event uh, next week. So I am literally putting together a presentation and I was, and this is actually going to be one of the content I'm going to probably be posting next week, but I was thinking, you know what, I can share the process of how I'm putting together my presentation what do I do? How do I think about it? Because I realize the process that I do could be educational for somebody else. Um, but you hit the nail on the head. You don't necessarily have to be an expert or you don't have to have suddenly a certificate saying you know how to do something to start. You can just start. I want to start to get to some of the questions because I see a number of them. So the first one I want to get to is actually from Connie. So Connie, hello. She's actually one of our members in our Soulcast Media membership. So I'm very happy to see you here, Connie. So Shavit, her question is, do you think posting on LinkedIn and creating content is like a virtual business card? Would you see it that way? Yeah, sure. That's what I mean by a lead magnet of like you put something out there and attracting people to come to you. For people who are like familiar with sales, you know, like sometimes a lot of companies posting like blogs, white paper, so that it attracts people to be interested in their business and talking to them. So it's similarly like that concept of like you're putting a content out there and when, and to be honest, yes, I educating people to do content, I'm pretty sure one to 5%, if it's 5% of you start creating content, tomorrow or next week. It's a success to me. So a lot of people probably 
don't. And so when you do it, it's easier for you to become more top of mind. Yep. And it, it becomes, you know, like a lead generation engine that brings other people to you. Um, yeah, one of the inspiration for me also was during COVID, I ran actually a cohort class with two other PMs to help people providing interview tips on, you know, how do you become a PM? It was great content, but it was so much work in selling that you know, like getting people to sign up, right? And pay for the course. And then I was like, how about I reverse? I flip the script that people will come to me versus me trying to like hop onto all the sales calls, answering all the question. Or sometimes people just want to network with me. They're not really wanting to buy the course mm -hmm. and wasting a bunch of time, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, how can I flip the script? The answer is if people know me, they'll come to me versus I have to, you know, try to sell myself. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think good, like think about your learning and then you're sharing what you learned, like the process you were saying. Um, so yes, virtual business card. Elvis has a question. Hey, Elvis, what is your advice for introverts in terms of engaging on LinkedIn? So I actually have a thought I'll answer first and Shivi, I want to get your thoughts on this. So as an introvert myself, I almost feel being able to engage online is probably one of the easiest ways because it's not like you're directly having to engage with people face to face. As an introvert, uh, at least speaking for myself, we tend to process things and we just like to think about things more. So when you write things out, I know a lot of introverts, including myself, enjoy writing things out. You have time. No one's pressuring you to do anything. So as an introvert, I almost feel like engaging in content in this way is a great way. No one's forcing you to go out and be face to face with anybody. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. I think writing helps you to reflect on things, you know, if you because extrovert, like a lot of life conversation is like, you know, you need to respond right away. So maybe hosting a live event might or might not be, you know, the first step you would take as an intro, introvert. You will gain that confidence over time, like, you know, what Jessica's doing, but writing content, creating posts thoughtful quotes or learning. I think it's easier to start. And then even when people reach out to you, you can sort of pick and choose how you want to engage at your turns at the time that you're available. Or if you're not comfortable responding right away, you can like have time to think about it, right? And process. So I, I do think one, yeah, I, I did read an article like it's actually much more effective networking mechanism than going into a happy hour or huge conference where you only know one or two, you know, person and like try to try to, you know, make your like try to fit in. Right. Try to like that. Like and you don't know who is the right audience like online. You will know who you're talking to. You can choose how you want to engage. I feel like it's actually a more effective way to network. I hope people, when they think about the words career brand, they walk away thinking it's really about when people hear your name, what do they think about? Mm -hmm. I hope when people hear, you know, my name, Jessica Chen, they think communications. Shavi, I don't know about you. What, what would that be? If people hear your name, what are you, what, what are the, what's like a word that you want them to think of? Yeah, I, right now, probably product management, future still design. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think... I think probably still related to product. The thing I like to do is there are a lot of product leaders here, right? Like I said, like I pivoted about three years ago and I think there's so much goodness in product thinking. I really wanted to apply to people who are not in product, mm -hmm. whether it's accelerating your career or in product related function, everybody needs to know like who your target audience, what problem you're trying to solve, what does success look like? Um, all these things that back in the days when I was in like a more operations function, I described myself as an excellent operator slash order taker. You tell me what to do, I'll like execute seamlessly for you. But a better question, better approach is like being able to question, is that the right thing to do? Is that the most effective way? Can, what problem are you trying to solve? Is there a better way to solve it? Um, so to your question, I think what I want to build in the long run is how to apply product thinking to a bigger purpose and creating bigger impact for more people, more than a word. So 
Um, <laughs> you actually hit the nail on the head, and I want to reiterate this, Ed, because you mentioned before you used to be the kind of person when somebody says do this, do that, you're like, okay, okay, okay. Like you, you can get things done, and you're probably proud of that. But you mentioned what's been more strategic is you actually asking questions. You not just asking questions, but maybe even challenging, but also offering solutions. People build strong career brands, not by always saying yes, yes, yes. People build a strong career brand when they can show that they're thinking, that they have thoughts, that they have suggestions. So trust me, I used to be the kind of person who was like, okay, yes, whatever you want. Okay, let me let me get to it. But I realized, yes, that's important. It's part of getting the job done. But what people value is what's up here. It's how what you can contribute to the team. It's how you can add value. I know we're about to wrap up here, but if there's, is there anything that you want to share with the people who are listening? And honestly, I'm so glad so many of you have stayed on and we're so grateful for that. Anything that you want to share with folks to really get them to walk away today when it comes to owning your career brand, any last minute golden nuggets we can share with folks? Yeah. So, um, I think I have to say it's about mindset, right? A lot of it start with the mindset about overcoming imposter syndrome. A lot of times, two things. One is imposter syndrome is something you, it's the negative chatter in your mind. It does not have to be the reality. And most of the time it's not the reality. It's what your judge tells you. So there's this book called Positive Intelligence that lists out like 10 self-sabotagers. It's basically various forms of imposter syndrome that's like trying to screen at you and say, Jessica, don't do this. Or Shavi, don't do this. Your people are going to hate what you're posting, whatnot. Just be aware of that so that you can, you know, overcome that. Second is that feeling imposter syndrome is not something you overcome one time and that's it. You like conquer that monster. I think it's something you learn to live with because every time you try something new, you're going to face that imposter is going to just screen at you. So you need to learn how to cope with that such that you can play bigger, try different things. And it doesn't have to be a big thing, right? You can break things down, take a little step, try it out, and then your confidence builds up. I told you about a four iteration that I did from posting random stuff to productivity to becoming a PM, to now leveling up as a PM. Hey, I take a lot of little steps in between, right, to, to get there. So I think, you know, try to master the mindset, you know, be aware of what how your imposter your ju is judging you, like what kind of things that he's talking about. Write it down and try to look for alternative evidence to support or debunk that, right? And then second is to start very small. What is the biggest smallest step that you can take and still to create some momentum. Um, one resource I would add is on my LinkedIn profile. I have a link directly under my name that links to my course. I said it's a PM course, but it's really a productivity or life philosophy course, not related to PM. Uh, like it, it, yes and no. So I welcome everyone to, to watch it. I made it for free if you watch within 24 hours with that link. So highly recommend folks to check it out. What I know we're about to wrap up here, but uh, one of the things that I do want to mention is a strong career brand needs also very good communications. I uh, We didn't really get to talk and touch upon communications, but to build a strong career brand, you have to be very clear-minded in your messaging and also your delivery. Uh, <laughs> didn't get to talk about communications today, but I just want to get people thinking like, and it's not honestly your career brand, it's just in general with work and with life and really putting yourself out there. You really do need to think about your communication skills. I always think back and I almost, maybe I should do a post about this, but me stand, or I'm sitting, me sitting here, I was like me standing here, I'm me sitting here today is a huge contrast to even how I used to carry myself 10, 15 years ago. I I was truly that shy, quiet, very insecure, anxious type of person. But I always real, I always felt honestly that communications, once I could improve my communications, everything else would follow along. And I and I don't know about you, Shavit, how you feel about your communications, but I think communications is something that 
I mean, I learned. And once I learned the fundamentals and I continued to put myself out there and practice speaking, confidence, my confidence just ended up getting bigger in terms of feeling comfortable. I don't know. I'm curious. No, absolutely. I think for so many jobs, I feel like communication is just the number one superpower that everyone needs to learn, both in terms of verbal communication, as well as written communication in like longer form, as well as email, Slack chats, even that has communication skills that you can learn, right? Yeah, I definitely, I think over the years, you know, had a lot of, you know, good managers that teach me. English is my second language. So I I learned a lot of that, like through trial and error, practice, looking at what good communication look like, Mm -hmm. right? And practice that. Um, Yeah, and then my manager gave me a lot of feedback, you know, early on when I started my product career, I remember the first product doc that I share with him was six pages long, full of tags and blocks of paragraphs. We we turn it down and now my default is like within the page, mostly bullet point, super clear, crisp. People don't, nobody likes to read long docs when it can be communicated within just a couple of bullet points, right? So learning that, um, yeah. And then learning about public speaking, Mm -hmm. learning about, you know, just verbal communication. Absolutely. Number one, most important skill for so many jobs. And when it comes to public speaking, I, I always want to clarify, public speaking isn't just speaking to a, a large audience. Public speaking is also one-on-one too, because you are speaking impromptu and it's being able to think on your feet. So with that, I want to close off our session today by first thanking everybody for staying on. We're so grateful that you are here and hopefully you were able to walk away with some, you know, golden nuggets on owning your career brand. If you don't follow Shavi, please, please follow her on LinkedIn. She has her weekly show on LinkedIn Live, so be sure to check it out. We here at Soulcast Media, we host our Soulcast Media Live events every two weeks or so. It's always communications-ish related. I know today's was a little bit different, but I always try to host shows where we can help teach, motivate, inspire people to become better communicators. Now, Shavi and I, we talked about a lot of things. If you ever want to rewatch this episode, please do. But we also are going to be putting together show notes. And if you want to access our show notes, check out our VIP pass, which you can see here on the screen. It's where we highlight all the important things that we talked about today. So you don't really have to watch our whole hour because, yeah, we've been chatting for a whole hour. So, Shavi, thank you so much for being here. Thank you all. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're inspired to begin improving your communications confidence, well, we'd love to help. Join our monthly communications membership where I teach a brand new communications workshop every single month. Or become a VIP member to access our best communications articles for life. Or maybe get one-on-one coaching with one of our board of communicators. We offer so many ways for you to learn and it's all housed on our website, soulcastmedia.com. Check it out and happy communicating.